Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor. Uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time. And SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of season two. Um, as you can hear by our new intro, we actually have an audio commercial for our sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Uh, so definitely check them out at getdeadly.com. It is October, so I feel like it's the perfect time to get some spooky, like, <laughs> coffee. Spooky coffee. Spooky coffee. I know Leo loves the pumpkin. Um, I like the death by chocolate. I haven't had it in over a year, so I'm, I'm hoping that my, my fear, fearful leader... Leo can come through with get some, and he was at uh, Rock and Chalk this past weekend. Um, so, but my name is James. I'm Genevieve. So um, this week uh, we're going to talk a little bit about postpartum, post post pregnancy, basically, and some of the expectations and the stuff that was set forth by the industries, people in society. Just because Jen is going through that right now, we're about four weeks, one month. Harrison's one month birthday. I played birthday loosely in quotations. Um, was this past Saturday? Um, as this episode is dropping on a Monday. So, um, Jen, you're four weeks postpartum. Yes. Um, how has that been for you? I mean, you, you, there's this stigma about how you're supposed to feel after four weeks. You see people having babies, running, going to the gym, looking great, drinking coffee, like their life, nothing has changed other than now a baby's in the world. Is that realistic? It's hard to say because I think it is very personal for a lot of people. Um, but I definitely feel like every postpartum experience will differ from person to person from pregnancy to pregnancy this is my you know third pregnancy and it's definitely different than the other two so it's very hard to gauge that but i think that the biggest thing that i really want to talk about is you know like what my different experiences have been and almost what to expect you know like in terms of Worst case, best case, you know, why things might vary from person to person. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and you actually have the knowledge that you've you've given birth in three different ways um, in three different undertakings because, you know, everybody thinks you have cesarean and vaginal. Those are the kind of the only two options you really have, like, realistically. Basically. But you've, <laughs> you've had different 
takes on each one of those. Right. And, and for me, being a layman, you know, Harrison's my first, not knowing some of this stuff. So Logan was your, your is your oldest, was your oldest, is your oldest. <laughs> he was emergency C-section. Right. So how is that compared to, say, Harrison, which was a scheduled C-section? Um, in terms of, like, the actual moment, you know, obviously you know you're going to have it. Obviously it's planned. You get to talk to the anesthesiologist. Like, all is right in the world. So we do apologize up front. Uh, Harrison's having a fussy day. So we do, you know, there might be some cooings or anything in the background. So we do apologize about that. It's just right now he's four weeks old and needs his mother's attention as much as any human being on the planet. So um, with that, you know. You're going to be hearing our third host today. Yep. Probably. But um, so, yeah. So getting back to the question, it's definitely different. in terms of that, the after effect, because I'm more interested in, you know, the postpartum part of it versus the pregnancy. But the after wasn't any necessarily any different in terms of recovery, but I knew what to expect. Um, there is this very interesting thing that happens where people talk about your pregnancy, talk, tell you about it, tell you, oh, this is what happened during my pregnancy. And then when you get to like after you have the baby... No one tells you how you're going to feel anymore. The only thing they tell you is, well, hope you got a lot of sleep. And it's like they don't, for a female perspective on, you know, having the child, nobody really goes over what's going to happen to your body and what the recovery is like um, for either, you know, having a cesarean or having a, you know, a quote unquote natural, you know, delivery. I mean, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I bought a bunch of books. Just I read some of the books of Jen, and we, we chuckled and laughed at some of the stuff they had in these books. But it's very interesting. There's not a lot of books that you deal with after the pregnancy. It's a lot of it's leading up to, and then there's like a big time jump. There's a big in time these jump. Books. Right. And it goes right to baby. Yeah. It's like as if the mom never happened. Mom doesn't exist anymore, and it's all about baby. And to an extent, it is all about your baby. But you still have to know how you're supposed to feel, what to look for. And your doctor obviously will tell you that. But again, it's a very big, you know, shock to the system. You know, for me, after having the cesarean, I'll always, always remember two things. One, I didn't understand why I was bleeding afterwards. I was like, shouldn't they have like suctioned all that out? And I had no idea that was just my uterus contracting and it was very normal and I should be. But no one told me that. And second is a couple of days after I gotten home from the hospital, it was the first time I had like looked in a mirror and actually saw what my body looked like. And mind you, I was 25 at the time. So I had this, you know, nice mid 20 body that you can only have in your mid 20s and <laughs> before a baby. And I looked in the mirror and I was horrified and I stood there and I cried and I actually just was so depressed over it because I had all this loose skin. I had stretch marks that guess what 11 years later i still have the same stretch marks didn't go away like nobody really explained like this is what's gonna happen and to be fair you know 11 years ago this was before facebook and all this you know social media youtube pushes so i had no access it wasn't around me it didn't surround me constantly where i would see images and things like that so for me it was really jarring and i was just like i'm gonna look this way forever and to an extent i was right But to an extent, I wasn't. So it's definitely, I think people need to recognize that. And, you know, how long it takes to heal. You know, after you have a baby, it would be really, really nice to think you're going to wear those pants you wore, you know, 
before you had the baby the day after you have the baby but guess what you have a baby you still look like you're pregnant not as pregnant but you still look pregnant and it takes a while and i know for some women it's like three months six months to a year before you really your body will go back to what it was like so and everybody's different there's different variables there's different everything different just how you delivered the baby will change everything so with that in mind like you 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 had you know you had emergency cesarean with Logan. You had a V-back or what they mm-hmm. call, which is just it's, it's just nomenclature for vaginal birth after a cesarean. Yep. And then we had a scheduled cesarean. Yep. Um, what what are what were some of the differences between the the cesareans you've had and the V-backing? How how do you feel afterwards? Was it different? Was it the same? What kind of and I, and I know it's very different because you know the two cesareans are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But just for general, you know, it's basically the same type of procedure. Just one was done as an emergency and one was done scheduled. Um, you know, for me, if everything, if the cards landed correctly, I would have wanted to have another V back with Harrison, um, simply because after I had the baby, you know, we're talking two hours later, I was able to stand up and you know eat and shower and I wasn't in tremendous amounts of pain where you know you're have a cesarean it's major surgery I don't think people bend their minds around that that's considered a huge surgery well they think it's like snip like yeah the baby baby. pops out and it's not at all that and I was talking to one of um my co-workers and it's this and it was I mean it was adorable and I wasn't like you know like there's no I think many people think that way. It's like, oh, don't they just cut you and there's a baby? And you're like, I had to look at her and I was like, they take your intestines out. Like, really bend your mind that, like, parts of you are on a table because they have to get to other parts of you. You have a huge being coming out of you. They're not taking, like, a tiny little thing out. You know, Harrison was nine pounds, two ounces. I have a nine pound being coming out of me. It's not just a little snip and there he is. So just even if you think in general, it's a lot, fairly large um, uh, incision. It's not a tiny little one. It's not like getting your gallbladder out or anything like that. Like it's a bit large incision. And uh, they have to cut through a lot of your, your skin, your tissue, your muscle. And it's all damaging. It just it's unfortunate. And your body has to heal from that. So it's not like, a, you know, your uterus gets cut open and that's a muscle in itself. And that has to contract itself back to its regular size. And it it's harder for it to do it after surgery. And I know one of the things you were telling me, you know, leading up to this, because trust me, I was man of a thousand questions, was um, I, I thought you had the baby, the uterus snaps right back to what it was. Like, because it's a muscle, like the muscle just contract back. And I thought it was, you know, because you have that idea. You see these mm-hmm. these movies and television shows that they have a bright baby. And within, you know, two, three weeks, the girl has the flat stomach again. She's not, like you said, use this word dopey looking. Like you're wearing a big clothes, bag clothes. Yeah. You're still wearing maternity clothes. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. I just, you know, and, and that was kind of an eye opening with me. You're like, no, 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 no. Like. No, absolutely not. Um, and again, for some people, maybe it is. I, I can speak on myself. I can speak on other people I spoke to. Um, I know coming, bouncing back from a cesarean is very difficult. Bouncing back from a pregnancy is very difficult. Um, but you're, 
you know, a uterus, the size of it when you're not pregnant versus the size when you are, I believe it's a five, it grows like 500 times its size when you're pregnant. If you really think that's going to bounce back in a week, you're crazy. Like that's a huge, 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 huge thing. And, you know, it, it is what it is. So again, some women, it might. Um, I'm sure your age, your activity level, things like that play into it. You know, to be honest with you, at 37 is my anticipation that my body's going to conform right back to where it was really quickly. No, I would be a moron. Like, nothing bounces back the way it should be anymore. You know, I put a lot of miles on my body. It's fine. Um, And I wouldn't expect that. And I think, you know, and I kind of wrote this in, I had put up some pictures on our Instagram just to show the progression of it. And when I put it up, I was very you know, made sure I worded it that this is what it's doing on its own. Because I've had surgery, I cannot exercise yet. I definitely cannot work my abdominal muscles yet. I got about another maybe two weeks, week and a half before I can actually start exercising. Um, So any pictures you see are what my body is doing on its own. And it's fascinating to see that and just watch that change from being incredibly pregnant to a week after the baby to, you know, three weeks up until then. And then you sort of hit to plateau and then you have to put in, you know, the work. And that's hard too. You know, it's hard. It's just hard recording this episode of this podcast. So I think this was our fourth, fourth attempt. This is like our fourth attempt today to do this. And we've talked about doing it for like four days before this. And it's not because we're lazy. It's not because we didn't want to. It was just carving out that time. So I am very um, understanding of new moms and even new dads, like, or not even new, you know, like not first time, but just, you know, when you have a new baby, that carving out any time for yourself to just exercise, you might choose to eat instead, or you might choose to clean your house instead. So no, you're not going to, you know, that shouldn't be that expectation of you should look skinny and you should go running and you should do all those things because well, it all, cha- you know, your support system, like there's so many factors involved. It's not, it's not fair. What was the joke? We were looking at strollers and I was like, who are the running strollers? And he literally looked me straight in the eyes and was like, you'll never use that. Yeah, like, you're, you're never going rolling. Like, you're not going to go running with no. Yeah. It's not. It's just not. So I think. And I applaud. There's probably some women that do. Oh. And I applaud them. Having been my third pregnancy, I know I was not using that jogging stroller. <laughs> like, even as much as I enjoy exercising and doing those things, the priorities, you know, lie that the first time I started to feel really good and felt like I can be active, I chose to go back to work super part time. Like, that was a priority. It wasn't like, and again, I still couldn't exercise, but you kind of line up what you need and what your family needs you to do first. Well, also too, and this is what's, what's very interesting is, you know, we're using the word postpartum a lot because that's the definition of the, what's after a pregnancy. But I think with postpartum, you get the other, the, the, the bigger elephant in the room is the postpartum depression. And I think that is very, can be very disheartening. I remember in the hospital room, when the social worker came in and legitimately had a serious conversation with us about the warning sign and stuff like that. I mean, and I was surprised that she looked at me and was like, you can suffer from this too. The father can have the same effects. So, I mean, like for, for some of the, again, the novice people out there, you know, postpartum can be a depression can be a big issue. Depression. Yeah. Depression's a huge issue. It's very huge and it's huge, you know, and you know how I am, so I always bring it back to like what your body does and why you behave the way you do. And it's not just a coincidence that that happens. It's it's not. It's you're pregnant. 
your brain, as amazing as it is, will do everything it can to sustain a healthy quality of life while you're pregnant. I bring back the quote from Pete Holmes being like, your brain is an asshole. Yeah. Like, it can give you everything it needs <laughs> to make you happy and make you be great, but you got to work for it. So. Yeah. And so being pregnant, you are you make a ton of just happy chemicals. So you make the, you know, the dopamine, you make all that. And it's intentional. You know, you're pregnant. You We want people to become pregnant. It's It's how we keep growing it's you know it's one of those things so if i if every pregnant woman actually felt terrible and probably the way we really our bodies do feel and aren't feeling good no one would get pregnant because it would suck it would be awful so your brain makes this amazing chemical and while it does that and that's why everyone's like oh you have that pregnancy glow and you're so happy and you look so great and this that and the other thing it's kind of like second trimester yeah it's, it's like all smoke and mirrors like it really is um, third trimester comes in, there's not enough dopamine in the universe that's going to make you feel any better because you're just so pregnant. But even then, you're not even as miserable as you normally would be. So the coolest thing happens is you have this baby, and then you get, like, the final blast of all these chemicals. It's so awesome. And then your brain's like, okay, we're going to go back to normal levels. Well, you just pumped me full of these happy chemicals for nine months and then just like a switch. It doesn't dial it down. It doesn't like wean you off of it. It's just like, and you're back to normal. And it's not Ding. even like nine months. It's like right after you have the baby. Yeah. Cause you were telling me that, the, that you'll feel like a rush in the, the delivery room. If you have a natural, if you have a cesarean, your brain doesn't recognize to do those chemicals. It's just, it takes a little longer. Um, everything with the cesarean takes just like, it's like a beat behind it's not like it's not going to happen it's just like a moment behind because your body didn't go into labor and didn't get all the cues so i felt both of it it's very cool um but yeah so you have like it's amazing all these chemicals and you go from to, to that to nothing so you would start to feel depression you would start to feel these anxiety moments and things like that because you you brought a new life in your body's exhausted no matter how you had this baby and especially if you're a first-time parent, it's magnified a hundred times because you don't know what you're doing. You might think you know what you're doing, but you don't know what you're doing. You're going to question everything you do, and those things are all fair. Um, but then, you know, even as a third-time mom, I'm still tired. You know, I'm not completely miserable, but just because I knew what to expect, so it was kind of like, buckle up. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's like the pre-rides warnings on, like, theme park rides being yeah. like, this is what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. This is how long it's going to take. X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Have you ever felt like, have you ever felt like you those feelings you just, you mentioned, like, not the, the anxiety, the I don't know what I'm doing, all that stuff to, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And definitely 110% um, with having, you know, Logan, my oldest, you know, up until I had Logan, I had never held a child before. How about that? Like, that was the first baby I ever held was my own. Um, I'm an only child, so I don't have a clue what it was like to have anyone else around other than myself. And I grew up never wanting to have children. So it was like this huge thing of like, well, now I'm taking care of something. And I was also the first person out of all of my friends to have a child. So I had... I didn't have this huge network of people I can lean on and say, how did you do this? How did you do that? So it was really like a solo mission. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a very proud person. So 
especially when I was younger, I've let go of a lot of that now, but I was, um, I was too proud to ask for help. I was too proud to ask the questions because I felt that meant me, I was a failure. So if I had to ask, I didn't want to do that. So there were times like I would just hold, you know, Logan, who is colicky and miserable as an infant and just would cry because why, why would my firstborn not just be magnificent? And I would just cry. I would hold him and I would cry. And I don't want to say I had postpartum depression. I think it's like the one under it's classified as like baby blues. Like you're just kind of miserable. But I had never felt anything like that. And I was recovering from surgery, which was the first time I had ever had a surgery. So it was all new to me. So yeah, I went through that. And I always, I said I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. I thought it was terrible. I thought being a first, I say, I'm, I always remember saying the nicest thing was, I was so happy I would never be a first-time mom again. Like, and if you talk to people who have more kids, they get that sentence. They're like, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> so, in postpartum depression, can be can be very serious, too. You you can go really, that, that that's a deep path. That's a, that's a dark road to go down, and it can get dark very fast. I mean, you know, there are some ways to help friends and family to combat that if you feel like somebody's doing that. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, you would hope the people that are the closest to you would recognize it. And obviously, you have to go to the doctor for your wellness check, and they, like, talk to you about it and everything like that. Um, like I said, it's personally not anything I've really ever gone through, so I can't really speak on, you know, the cues or my experience from it, other than, like I said, I was just kind of, you know, probably mildly low-grade depressed, I don't know, um, with Logan. But it is, it's definitely something you want to look out for in, you know, again, it's it's making sure you just surround yourself with, like, a really good network and not be afraid to kind of self-evaluate and, you know, ask yourself, am I okay? Well, and I, and, and I think some small stuff too, that you could do, you know, and, and, and you, and you said it to me, especially when some of our friends have had babies was you, everybody knows the baby's okay. Baby's fine. Ask how the mother's doing. Ask how the father's doing. Because you can get a little bit better of a response from that person at that moment in time. Cause everybody wants to know how the baby's doing you know, sometimes the mother and the father need to be checked in on too at the same question. Yeah. I I tend to, um, anyone I know that had a baby, I will lead with how are you doing before how the baby is. I intentionally ask that because when I, again, when I had Logan, it was all about Logan. How's Logan doing? Is he sleeping? Is he sleeping? Who cares if he's sleeping? Am I sleeping? I'm not sleeping. You know, how, how do I feel? Oh, no. You're cranky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's also I think it's also interesting too because, you know, as a first-time father, I'm getting that from my mom. And my mom has eight other grandkids. And she's very much like how's Harrison? How's Harrison? Like even today I sent her a picture. Yeah. How's he doing? Has his belly button fell off? <laughs> like all this stuff and I'm like I'm good. Jen's good. The kid the cats are good. Like <laughs> You, know. you do. It's really interesting. And like I said, for me, I'm just very thoughtful. You know, I do you need anything? Do you need me to pick you up anything if I'm going to go see someone? Like, do you want a coffee? Do you want a sandwich? Yeah, you, you want really, you, something? Yeah, do you want something? And it's it's very important to, I, I you know, it's the whole, I can't, ex, I, I, to, it's so weird because a lot of times like when I say certain things, I think that they sound callous. So I always have a hard time wording certain things especially momming and child things but you know it's not a misconception and i'm not going to think of the correct word so if anyone can think of the correct word let me know but the idea of 
I have a baby, so I fall second, is not something I believe in. I don't believe that, you know, I'm a big believer in like the whole you put the mask on yourself because if I'm not good enough, well enough, stable enough to take care of myself, then I can't take care of a child. So that whole, well, it's not about me anymore. Like it's a hundred percent about you because you have to be in that right mindset and you have to be on all the time. So that's again, why I like to check in with the mom, the dad, because you're the one sustaining that other, you know, person's life. So yeah, it is you, you have to be a hundred percent because anything less, everything falls apart. So that whole idea, which I would love for it to change where people are like, well, you have a baby and it's not about you anymore. Like, no, it's, it really, 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 really is. So. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, and I remember one of our friends, you know, had a baby earlier this year. And I remember her boyfriend at the time, I remember I looked at him and I was like, you need to be aware of these symptoms. You need to be aware of what's going on. Make sure that your wife's, your girlfriend's okay. Because, if she's not okay, the baby's not going to be okay. Because, like you said, you can put a mask on all you want and say, I'm fine, everything's great. It's going to be very tall-telling when you look at the baby and see if the baby's fed and stuff like that. Like, And it can get scary, it can get dark. So anybody listening to this, if you know someone, a family, friend, co-worker, relative, that is having a tough time with the new baby, check on them. It's n- no one's going to be mad at you for checking in on them. And if they are mad at you and they're hostile towards you, those can be some very big warning signs. Just being sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the one takeaway I can do that is that I've learned in this process. So, cause I, cause I think you, Jen even can attest like when, when the social worker was in there, I, I think I made a purposely asked the question point blank being like, what are warning signs? What are things I should be looking out for? And I think you came and gave me a look being like, I will beat you to death <laughs> if you keep asking these questions. Because I think because you were like, I'm good, I'm fine, in your own space. And that was like 24 hours after the baby. So, And to be fair, any sort of postpartum depression could happen like up to from birth to a year. So like it can kind of come whenever. So, you know, just because you think you're in the clear, you know, month one doesn't mean that you really are. So, again, it's just making sure people surrounding you are making sure you're you're in a good, healthy mindset. So you're we're, you're four weeks removed from the baby yes. being born. What has been the biggest challenge since then? Like, you know, getting back to where you want to get to. It's a long recovery road, like we said. What has been the, the, the hardest part of this so far? Um, it, it's, it's a loaded question because as of now... I don't feel like there's a really hard part at the moment because I'm being very forgiving of myself. Um, I'm allowing myself to say like, okay, maybe I didn't eat a hundred percent of the way I should have eaten, but I ate today and I ate what I could when I could. Um, so I'm being a little bit more forgiving than I normally would be and that I probably will be, you know, come when I'm eight weeks removed. Um, so right now, I mean, the hardest part is just fitting in meals and times I, I eat at stupid times and they're very erratic, like erratic and spontaneous of when I eat and what I eat sometimes because the past two days, three days has been bananas because I've had a baby glued to me for days. Who's eating nonstop because he's in the middle of a growth spurt. And again, I'm still eating, but oh, I'm trust not, me, I've been like forcing food into your mouth. You know, it's just, it's, uh, 
there's a zero percent chance I'm gonna be able to like go and like grill up some chicken or like put some broccoli thing together. It's just I my hands aren't free to do that right now. So the hardest part, you know, is going to be getting those meals in. The hardest part's gonna be like fitting time into going to the gym because it's really how much free time is there you know so and some days are better than others so kind of got to weigh it out so the toughest part is always going to be almost like allowing to forgive myself if that makes sense like I still have to monitor certain things but like where I was so rigid and so strict before I have to recognize like that was then this is now and this is the circumstances and what I'm playing with and it always does come back to which again is like being reflective and whatnot is is that a reason or is that an excuse? And I say it all the time where I'm like, okay, is this a real reason? If you want more on reasons and excuses, go check out our episode in the first season <laughs> called Excuses and Reasons. Uh, I mean and for me it's been interesting because I'm with you. Like I wanna make sure that we're eating the better foods and stuff like that and we're not eating crap and we're not mm-hmm. And because that's what we were doing before the baby. And in, mm. in my mind, and I'll be honest, well, I thought it was going to be like, oh, baby's gone. Snap, snap her fingers. We're back to doing, we're grilling up the chicken, we're eating the broccoli, we're doing the rice, and we're doing the bottled waters and kind of going back to the way it was. And it's been very much of an eye opening to me, basically, being like, our diet has tweaked itself. It's definitely changed. Oh, yeah. It's definitely headed in a much better direction. Um, I mean, just, just, Water consumption is oh, yeah, gone our water up. consumption's gone. Like uh-huh. we have fourteen things of iced tea because they kept being on sale and they're uh-huh. underneath the cabinets and I don't know who's gonna drink it all. <laughs> but, you know, drinking a lot more water, you know, cutting out a lot more fast food. Oh, you know, yeah, I definitely. mean making sure that I'm bringing my lunch ready to work has been a huge for me because you know, I even come home and I'm like, I'm so hungry because <laughs> I'm not bringing crap snacks to work. It's right. a banana, an apple. You know, I have some oatmeal packets. So it's, you know, some small stuff that I'm having that's just changing my diet. And even then I look back at Jen and I think maybe I'm like, I can't believe I did this once already. And I keep got to do it again. Like, <laughs> because those are the those, those first couple of weeks are the weeks you forget about eight months after the fact right. when you're cruising along, you're going to the gym every day, you're eating healthy, you feel great. Sometimes you can forget what those first couple of days were like. Yeah. And I'm having those. And like I said, Jen can attest to that. How many times have I called you up being like, I'm so freaking hungry. Right. And it's just like, I can't. I can't do anything. Like, I got to be good. And just counting my calories and doing what I can. You know, I've, I've seen, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I've already lost three pounds. And it's just doing silly, simple things. I mean, one pound was just fantastically <laughs> gone away. But it was just one of those things where it's just simple things I'm doing and I see an instant reaction. That Those instant re- results are are going to change and I'm not going to see those quick results I am right now because eventually, you know, I'm going, it's going to, I'm going to plateau because my body's going to adjust like, okay, this is what's going on. We, we've, we've done the shock and awe basically pro to it. So, you know, I, I, I'm having, that's my biggest problem right now is just be hungry all the time <laughs> so well no and you probably should be eating more um but i can't i can't watch what you eat because i'm busy monitoring someone else's food intake mm-hmm. uh that definitely has been you know interesting is you know yeah it's instead of like cold turkeying certain foods you almost can't do it um simply because of you know time how much, you know, are you able to, again, sleep versus food, 
you know, there's days I don't eat much, and then there's days I eat a whole ton, and then. What was the one thing you told me this weekend that you want? Not even. Oh, a sandwich. I want a ham sandwich from Honey Baked Hams so badly. I'm like, no, I will wait. But like, well, that was the joke leading up to the pregnancy. But yeah. the pregnant, uh, the delivery, mm-hmm. the pregnancy. We were pregnant. Delivery <laughs> was the one thing she wanted after, after the birth was a ham sandwich. And because she had cesarean, she had to wait a little bit longer. We haven't had sushi in four weeks, by the way. Yeah, I think our, I think James wonders was, was worried <laughs> where we are. But if we, well, I think once we go there, he'll, he'll be yeah. Like, where you been? Where you been? Um, but and then it's still like the same thing as certain foods. He can't be, he can't be upset. He, li- they went out of their way to make sure you didn't eat raw fish. Yeah, they were really good about it. But I still can't eat a ton of fish right now either. Yeah. Um, I am nursing, so that's a huge game changer for certain foods I can eat. So again, things that are like staples in my diet that I love. I still have to monitor to some extent, so you know my fish consumption can't be super high. And I absolutely love fish. And again, it's just like for me, it's that time. Like I was eating tons of grilled chicken, and it's like, well, I could meal prep myself. And but the thing is, I don't have the hour, two hours to just meal prep for the week. I don't. The time doesn't exist right now. Also, that and you're like you said earlier, is you're eating at different times. You're right. not eating at twelve thirty every day like no. you were. I can't plan out when my meals are i i can't because you have a little barnacle right now i have a child whose meals are just as important as my meals but he's very vocal about when he eats his meals where i will still i know i will eat eventually he does not know that he will eat eventually so i'm on his time he's not on my time (laughs) all right so, I mean, with that, you know, I, I hope this episode was very, you know, thought-provoking, you know, a lot of good information there. And again, I, I want to reiterate this. These are opinions. These are not facts. They're not facts, but, you know, we're not scientists. We're not doctors. We're not trained trainers, psychologists, all that stuff. This is just personal experiences that we're sharing to the group. So what Jen might went through with any of her pregnancies could be 100% different than what you're going through or you went through. Or those kind of things. It's just information that we've received that we feel like we need to pass on to you guys. Because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And hopefully we're helping to kind of cut through it. Because, again, these are just personal experiences. And, you know, Jen does do her a fair amount of research into some of this stuff other than just personal. It's true. So. All right. With that, guys, we are going to wrap up our second episode of the season. Um, we did want to give another big shout out to our sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Get deadly.com if you want to get a couple pounds, half pounds of coffee. They're really pushing their pumpkin st- pumpkin brew right now because it is t- it is the witching season. It's the spooky. It's always the spooky season for them. Though. It's well, it's always the spooky season. They're but coughing with them. To well, also, but they also just got married. Yeah, that was very he got, exciting. He got married this weekend, so the found the owner got married this weekend to his fiance this weekend that's why they weren't at rock and shock they didn't have presents at rock and shock but they're normally they're normally there but they weren't getting them uh, was it nuptials yeah nuptials. sure sure i think yeah whatever i haven't slept in four weeks nuptial sounds good <laughs> i feel like and, and i'll be honest i i i felt that me and jen have both had on average the same amount of sleep because you nap during the day i go to work that's true, but you get a longer stretch of continuous sleep that I don't get. Well, that might change once <laughs> he goes to the actual formula and bottling, so that pendulum might swing back the other way. It might, but that's that's the, the only difference. I think hour for hour, we get the same amount of sleep. Just the throughout. quality. It's of. just the quality of it. I think I'm up 
my I get shorter segments and then I have to be awake for a while where you get, you know, four hours stretch. The other day I got like a four hour stretch. I don't know what happened, but he kept sleeping and I was fine with that. <laughs> I'm like you sleep. <laughs> so also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page, a dork physique. Uh, so check it out. Jen is Jen's very good at posting stuff weekly, sometimes daily. Um, you know, she's been very good at trying to get the social media presence back up there, but also go to the dorkening.com. Our new website is up where you can look at all past episodes you can check out some of the other shows that are out yeah, there. Yeah, some really cool shows. Um, like That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, The Dorkening, which is the flagship store, uh, show of the network, Black and White Fright, Super Retro Throwback Review. That's a mouthful, Steve. Yeah. I got it in there. Um, as well as Dorks, my other podcast I'm on, Splash Pages, and a ton of cool stuff out there. Wicked Horror Show, um, which is very good if you're a big fan of horror. They have some awesome stuff. So check that out, uh, thedorkening.com. We'll be back next week with uh, some great inform- another great episode. So if you have any questions, concerns, definitely reach out to us. Again, Facebook at adorkphysique, um, Instagram as well. And then we have an email, adorkphysique at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, concerns, even some dirty limericks will probably shoot your way. But we uh, look forward to uh, talking to you guys then. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye.